TV Coaches presents Hello IV Coaches listeners This is a new series by Coach Pedari who is a professional certified coach by ICF with 12 years in leadership and 5 years in coaching He will be interviewing his peer executive coaches who have spent years helping organizations and individuals grow their business and achieve their goals. Please join us for this week's interview with Coach Pedari. Good afternoon here from Dubai. This is Coach Pedari and with me I have the wonderful 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 Michelle Striden from the SSNG group. Good afternoon Michelle. How are you doing? I'm great, Sahel. It's wonderful to be here. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. As you see, I'm very well prepared uh, for our listeners who might probably understand that you are from this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful nation. Um, not going to show off uh, that I'm a fan of the swim box, but you, know, you can see that. Um, I'm doing great. So thank you for asking. And it is really, really a privilege to know you, first of all. Uh, I've known you since... Um, uh, uh, almost over a year now, and I'm really um, impressed, and I'm very, very inspired by the work you do in this community. I do it is in Dubai, United Arab Emirates, and regional and globally. So, uh, welcome to the podcast, uh, um, first one of many, many to come. Now, Michelle, um, it's impressive what you've done in the past twenty plus years. I mean, a great sales leader. Um, with, with a massive experience uh, as, as uh, leading organizations and sales organizations. And why coaching? So from sales leadership to coaching, um, tell us about the SNG group and the why. Great question, Shahel. Thanks. And, and a good place to start, really. And as you rightly said, I mean, I guess I was born for sales. I mean, I just, I'm passionate about it. I've been doing it for 20 plus years and I had, I was blessed, I had a pretty successful uh, sales career from a, a corporate perspective and um, really starting on the ground up as, you know, junior sales exec. My last 10 years um, in the corporate world was at a leadership level, leading some teams around the world. So I had the privilege of doing that. And I had this yearning, what's next for Michelle? What's next? What's next? What does the future hold? Then you mull on things. But, you know, when you're in a corporate world, you know, you have all the comforts and all those things. And, you know, it takes courage to step out and say, what's next? And what do, what do I really want to do in my life? And I came to the conclusion, so hell, that it was really working with organizations, working with leaders, teams, individuals from a sales training perspective, from a sales coaching perspective, because having sat on both sides of the table, I understand the extreme pressures that come with those different positions, being the sales manager who's got the target set every month, the sales leader who the shareholders are screaming for their returns, and the pain and the fears that go with that. So, you know, throughout my journey, I learned a lot. I had really... Um, great investment in, in some sales training programs. And, I, and it, it was time for me to live my passion, do what I, I enjoy doing, but more importantly, to walk the road with others and take, you know, help them take the pain of their non-performance away from a, a sales results perspective. So 
the SMG group is, is my business. I'm the CEO of that. And it really is an organization where we provide highly effective sales training programs, plus some sales coaching one-on-one. And some clients require more on the consulting side. So it's, it's made up of those sort of three tiers, so help per se. And that's what I've been doing for probably just over two years now. Well, I've, I've been blessed to actually attend one of your workshops. Uh, almost so, over a year ago, I was asked to come and uh, attend. And, you know, it was a half-day uh, workshop, which was, um, you know, the topic was uh, DISC. I know a lot of people today hear about DISC, and many organizations have perhaps used it somehow, come across. Tell us what do you do? And you do it very well, but what do you do and what does those workshops um, bring out to the, to the participants? The end of the whole workshop, the program I run is a whole brain selling sales process that's tried and tested that I personally used myself for 18 years, Sahel. So this is sort of not a new creation. It is a pretty practical what I refer to as user-friendly, that whatever your industry is, you can apply it to your real world. And I always had the philosophy that when you're training or coaching people, it's, it's, it's got to be relatable, practical, and easy to understand, not something that you put on a shelf and a lever arch file and, you know, you never look at it again. Because how many of us attend training programs, you walk out, you're excited for 48 hours, and then you forget the trainer's name. Well, I was going to make sure I wasn't one of those people because you weren't going to forget me in a hurry. So the half-day workshop that you attended, a big component, it, it, it spoke about really seven steps of a sales process. But the fundamental one, as you rightly have highlighted, is around the DISC personality style. So if I just take a step back, I'm a certified DISC behavioral expert in my business. So what does that mean? What that means is... Is four dominant personality styles, DISC, dominance, influences, steadiness, and compliance, for those who may not know you're listening or watching. And as human beings, every single one of us have a combination of those four letters. So it's so important from a sales perspective. When I'm coming to see Sahel for the first time and I'm trying to convince you to hire me to buy my service or whatever it is I'm trying to sell, what what a lot of sales professionals and leaders fail to realize is that if we just rock up and be who we are, our normal personality, we're going to get it wrong three out of four times, and then we mustn't wonder why we don't get the deal. So how does that happen? That happens because every single client that you are trying to do business with, you and the competition, by the way, because I wish it was just us, but it's not, they each client wants to be treated so hell in a certain way. They want to be communicated in a certain way according to their dominant disc personality style. So it's my job to teach you what is the disc personality styles. That's kind of the first layer. So what does each characteristic represent? But then we go much deeper to say, okay, well, what is the communication strategy? So if I'm talking to someone who's a high D, there's a certain way that you've got to talk to that individual to get you know, them to relax with you because you've got to become the emotional twin of everybody you're sitting in front of. But to do that, so hell, you've got to understand who you are first. It's no good me understanding disc, but I've got no clue who I am. I've got to understand my style, what's the strengths of it, 
And when in sales do I have to adapt when I'm sitting opposite a client that's opposite to me? So we teach you what it is, what is a communication strategy, and each one has a different closing strategy. So at the end of the day, whether we're selling virtually, whether we're selling face-to-face, people buy from people they like, and people like people like themselves. So if I am a reserved introvert, quite analytical, logical mindset, and someone comes in, a great seller, hey, extrovert, off the wall, I'm going to look at you and think, don't come near me. Woo! Take him or her away as soon as possible. So, you know, you, that's just reality. So the foundation of our sales performance and really being able to connect is how do we start that meeting? How do we resonate with purpose? And how do we become the emotional twin that's then going to build an incredibly strong relationship because you know what makes that client tick and you know how you need to treat them the way they're expected to be treated in essence. Well, I think you're scratching only the surface because um, it's way, way more than um, you know. You could put into words. I think in a few minutes. Um, I've I've seen this in action, and I think um, it's really powerful. You know, that even if we it was a half day workshop, I I walked out of your workshop really in, touched and impressed. And I guess that 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 is the power of what you do. Now, the description of this and the whole brain selling is one thing. But then the Michelle who brings it into action is another. I mean, where do you get all your inspiration? Where do you get all this energy from? <laughs> I have to say my mother. <laughs> because my mother is like my best friend. And she'll be annoyed if I say what her age is. But, I mean, she looks like 15 years younger than she is. So I'm hoping it's going to fall in the jeans. <laughs> but seriously, I think for me, when I made the shift from my previous life, I thought I want to do something, A, that hopefully is playing to my strengths, is fueling my passion, but I want to enjoy myself at the same time would be nice. Now, I know in the real world, it's not 100% achievable all the time. But, you know, when I, when I am connecting with beautiful human beings like yourself in a workshop and others and clients, whether it's external venue and the client's boardroom, you know, people just make me come alive. So it's, it's, it's the energy and the passion of really the goal is to see you make improvements through hopefully the journey that I can walk with you and support you on. So, yeah, I mean, I've had training sessions last year. I think I'm a huge global client I trained. I reckon we went for 14 hours and they said, jeez, wow. we can't believe it was so long. I can't believe it's so long because sometimes I think I get lost in my own world and everyone's going to pull me back down. <laughs> It's amazing. I mean, honestly, I, I, it's a single time I've talked to you and you, you constantly have this high energy, which is absolutely a blessing. Now, you kind of got me to the next question sometime, somehow without knowing it, but you said your mother. And my question would be, who are the three people who have been the most influential in your life? So I'm taking your mother first, but who would be the next two most influential people in your life? The most influential people in my life were definitely my mother, for sure. So that, that's ticked. The, the other two would be my husband, definitely, has, has to be in the top three. Because um, he just inspires me and kind of completes me in so many different ways. Because we're very different in terms of our styles and all of that. So there's a lot of strengths I draw from him. And I have to say from a spiritual perspective, 
it's God without a shadow of doubt. I'm a very spiritual person and I'm certainly not perfect, but through the highs and lows of life, I try and work very hard to, to keep a strong faith. You know, there's obviously days where you're not going to be bouncing off the walls, but, you know, the influences, my spirituality is, is, is a big trigger and a pull in my life. Wow, that's amazing. I think um, more than ever, we need that point of reference. Uh, we need uh, a higher point of reference in terms of finding the right way. Uh, and if we're on, the tra on track on the right way, we need the strength to be able to <laughs> um, walk that way, I think. Um, so would you say to people, to people listening, obviously, and watching us, um, how do they get out of the situation? I mean, every single day we've seen for the last couple of months, um, people coming on the social media and giving best advices of how to be a great leader, how to be a great associate, how to be a great company, how to be a great human being during COVID-19. Now, has COVID-19 opened people's eyes on how to be great or how to be best? Or is this a scenario where people are just using it as, a, you know, as a circumstance or as an opportunity to, you know, to tell others what is, how to be better? How do you see the whole thing? How does this scenario, uh, and how do you live it? Excellent question, because first of all, Sal, for me, these have been pretty extraordinary times for every human being on this planet. And there is like a monster overload with everybody trying to be everything to everyone. I suspect in a very positive way, don't get me wrong. So a leader pre-pandemic doesn't mean they weren't good then and they're now trying to be better now. Well, isn't life about consistency generally? I guess it comes down to your values as well. So to be honest, on a personal front, but when times are really tough, I just step back and, and reflect on myself. And I like to be an example of who I am and what my work is. I don't want to be saying one thing and doing another because there's a lot of people who say one thing and, you know, maybe aren't as authentic as perhaps they should be. And at the end of the day, you've got to be realistic. You can't profess to solve everyone's problems because you're not going to be able to. What that person is going through internally, you've got no idea. You're not living it. You're not feeling it. You don't know the personal and professional stresses of that poor human being. So, you know, how does one get through tough times, to your point? You know, and a couple of things surface for me. First of all, you've got to learn to be kind to yourself. Because in these times of severity, where it's, it's, it's awful, You've got to be as kind to yourself as possible because we tend to beat ourselves up. I know I'm guilty of that. You tend to beat yourself up. Oh, we need to be this. We should be doing that, etc. But in difficult times, you need to also build up that resilience. You have to have a bit of a, a tough skin because let's be honest, there's been huge crises throughout history and the strongest tend to survive that. And not to say everybody listening has got to be a strong person, no. But I always say, try and have more good days than bad days. I mean, these days where I just don't want to do anything as well. And that's okay. And you just got to be okay with that and let the mood pass. And I think it's also helped that I'm a certified emotional intelligence coach, which was another journey I went on. I got certified this year with the Daniel Goldman Group. 
because I think everybody deserves to be the best version of themselves. But what I find useful is think of just one thing, just one thing each day. What are you grateful for? And it could be the smile from your child. It could be the roof over your head. It could be the glaze loving you from your animal, you know, or knowing the love that you have with close friends and your family. So every day I say, what am I grateful for today? And it changes. And that's just as best as you can cope from the here and now, because how are we all going to be in 30 days' time? I don't think anyone really knows that. Yeah, very wise words. And I think um, we will have to wait and see how the world reacts once when we go back to normality. Or, and they say this is the new norm. Um, I believe humans tend to forget very fast also crisis and um, and history and this is this is how human beings have always been they we kind of tend to forget our own history from time to time but many many great stories have were born during COVID-19 and very much uh, besides all that noise that's been made in social media um, I've been looking at social media carefully the past couple of months and I and I've seen so many people rise but as many have have you know gone up same amount of people are not there anymore because you know um, the audience got tired of the same old. So uh, glad to have people like yourself, um, you know, out there that are genuine and that know what they're doing, that keep on preaching and keep on telling uh, the world what is the right and the kind way to go forward. Now, because of that, I'm going to go back to the SNG group. And um, what I like uh, about your, you know, about your uh, slogan is that you know, believe, learn, become. Believe, learn, become. Is there a reason for that? The way you put it there? And if there is, tell us why. If there isn't, I still think um, it, it sounds great. That it starts with believing. And thank you, because I don't often get asked that question. So I'm very impressed. Not that I shouldn't be, because it's you. And yes, maybe I'm biased. But genuinely, I have not been I think this is the second time. So 20 out of 10, so. Okay. But that that was really it it it's 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 the SMG's mantra. It's 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 our backbone. And it was born out of a lot of reflection and really for me to say what what is this organization going to be about? What 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 is what is our philosophy when we're working with human beings? Because this is this is our game, however it's going to be. You know, we're working with individuals and no two people are alike. So the whole uh, believe, learn, become, the background to that tale is, first of all, the belief part starts with your own self-belief. And I don't mind where that sits from 0 to 10 if it's only 1 out of 10. Anyone who has some self-belief, it doesn't matter how much or how little, that to me is where it starts. So when you believe in yourself with something, whatever that is, believing it is the starting point, then when you come in and, and I engage with you in our world, the SMG world, once you walk in with that self-belief, we can then teach you the learning part. We can then empower you with the tools, the skills, the knowledge, the techniques, whatever it is, to become whoever you want to be. 
So if I start as the T-boy and my goal is to be the office manager and that belief starts, come in, have that self-belief. From there, we can learn together in a journey where I can arm you to get to the destination of becoming whoever you want to be. That's the background. Wow. Um, I'm, ha I'm, ha I'm glad I asked that question. Because um, I, I, I truly believe that, um, I truly believe, you see, I'm, I'm just saying that again. It starts with belief, as you just said. Um, and it's so important for people who are listening and watching to know uh, the really, really the essence of, 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 your, of your organization, which obviously is the cover of within the philosophy that you use, right? Now, you've told us about your journey in, in a few words, and, and uh, we've touched base on, on why it started. But as a coach, as an inspirational coach, what is your philosophy? And how did you get there? Or are you, as I usually say when people ask myself, I say it's a journey. Your philosophy today might not get changed, but it might get a different look by a couple of years. But what is yours and how would you define it? Coaching for me is an evolution. It is a journey. It's not a final destination. I think you've absolutely said that uh, very correctly. So in terms of summing that up, my philosophy around the coaching piece is I have really an outlook that is, is one I could probably sum up in two words. It's, it's a philosophy of support, so of a supportive nature, yet surrounded by honesty and directness. Because I think every single person that I have the privilege to work with and coach deserves to be the best version of themselves. And it's my job to help you realize that. Now, we know in any coaching relationship, as they say in the classics, it takes two to tango. We, we got to meet each other halfway. We got to dance the dance together. This is not a one, one show pony sort of thing. So in this engagement, we have to both be committed in this two-way street of meeting each other halfway in order to achieve the outcomes and the positive changes that you would like to see happen in your life whether it's personally from a sales performance perspective, but what, whatever it is. So, so for me, it's, it's being able to walk from a figurative perspective, sort of hand in hand, but it takes serious commitment. And you know, some people are more committed than others. And sometimes, you know, I've, I've walked away from coaching engagements where you can just see that, that, that chemistry and that aura you know, maybe I'm not the right fit because, you know, you're not always everything to everyone, but very much so supportive, directive, but knowing how to also give tough love if you have to. Perfect. Perfect. This is a tough one. And when I usually ask this, it comes as a, a surprise, but I think this question is always important to ask oneself. What was or perhaps is your biggest failure and what have you learned from it as a human being obviously we'd love to know the michelle the coach michelle 
uh, more. But what is the biggest, or what has been, or maybe is, the biggest failure, and what have you learned? That is a tough one. I told you. A past take, a sip of water. <laughs> I was going to say, where do I start? There's so much. <laughs> which, which means you, you're very lucky and blessed because a lot of people wouldn't sum it up in two or three. But uh, I have a high, high respect yeah. for people who say, yeah, I have a lot of failures. Back to you. Maybe a couple of things come to mind. But again, you know, for me, you can only truly grow if you've truly failed. You can only taste the fruits of success if you've bloodied your nose, fallen on your bum, and struggled to get up. So if I look in my life, I used to take things pretty seriously and be quite intense. And that used to have negative consequences on me. Also, not allowing to be who I really wanted to be, allowing other people to make me into something that I probably wasn't just through my journey in life and, and you know, different parts of it and different chapters as we all have. And for me, I, I don't know if it's an age thing, but I've definitely, I've learned to be better at my own self-management because I used to, you know, typically very high driver, very ambitious, very goal-orientated. So my patience wasn't my strongest, I have to be honest. So definitely I, if I look back, there's situations where I know I could have handled it a lot better, where the outcome wasn't great for me or the individual at the time. And I look back and think, how did I do that? Why did I do that? And sometimes you just don't learn from your mistakes because you're just going so fast, so far, and you're not stopping to smell the roses. So that is where I stumbled quite a bit. Yeah. I guess um, in sales, that word is a bit of a taboo and it's also a bit of a, you, you want to use, uh, you know, failure and I failed uh, too much. And the reason I put you on the hotspot is during these times, I think salespeople specifically are under immense pressure to perform more than ever with less, less funds, less human resource and less time. Yeah. Those three things together are not an advantage of any sales person, whether a super sales guy or you know, um, or average sales guy or, or lady, if there is. Um, what is your advice to them? Join us on the next episode for the rest of the discussion.